Hello and welcome to the podcast for the November issue of The Lancet Oncology. Richard Lane here and this month I'm joined by Rob Briley from TLO to discuss some of those issue highlights. Hi Rob. Hi Richard. Rob, let's start with an article and this is looking at the importance of genetic subtypes of the human papillomavirus or HPV which we know very well is associated with cervical cancer. Just before we go into the details of the study Rob, just remind us of the toll that cervical cancer takes worldwide. Invasive cervical cancer is the second most common cancer in women worldwide, and over 300,000 women are predicted to have died from the disease by the end of this year alone. Infection with one of the oncogenic types of HPV is a necessary cause of this disease. So Rob, tell us about this study. Summarise the methods, if you would. Samples were collected from almost 15,000 women with invasive cancer across 38 countries and assessed for the presence of HPV DNA, with a number of techniques used to identify the HPV genotype in each sample. Go on and tell us the results and also the clinical implications of these results because there are, there are implications here, aren't there, for public health? The six most common types of HPV that were identified in this study were collectively found in 91% of samples. These particular HPV types should thus be given priority when assessing which types of HPV should be included in the second generation vaccines. Of particular interest from this study, women with invasive cervical cancer related to HPV type 16 18 or 45, presented at a much younger age than did those infected with other HPV types. This finding should help guide the development of future type-specific screening programmes and triage strategies. And while we're on the subject of HPV, Rob, there is a conference coming up in the middle of November. Tell us about that. That's right, Richard. The, the Lancet is holding a conference on HPV and cancer in Amsterdam on November the 12th and 13th. Uh, for further information, please go to thelancetconferences.com. And next, Rob, a trial from France. And this is looking at patients who have chronic myeloid leukaemia, or CML, treated with imatinib. This looks quite interesting because they're is an implication here for discontinuation of imatinib therapy. Tell us what this study is about, Rob. Treatment with imatinib can significantly improve survival of patients with CML. However, it usually has to be continued indefinitely. This particular study aimed to determine whether patients who had entered complete molecular remission when treated with the drug could safely stop taking it. Go on and tell us about the methods and key findings here, Rob. Patients who had been in complete molecular remission for at least two years had their treatment discontinued. At the interim analysis reported here, the probability of maintaining complete molecular remission at 12 months was 41%. Of those patients who had relapsed when imatinib was stopped, all responded to the drug's reintroduction. Clinically, that's a really important finding, isn't it? Because that suggests there is a subset of CML patients out there who could basically who, who are cured by the drug, drug and could stop. That's right, Richard. However, one should note that the sustained deep molecular emission that was required for discontinuation in the first place is quite a rare event. The authors estimate themselves that about 10% of the patients that they assessed for enrolment were actually eligible to be included in this study. Nonetheless, newer drugs such as nilotinib and dasatinib have been shown to induce greater rates of complete molecular emission than imatinib does which might increase the proportion of patients who could potentially be discontinued. Thanks very much, Rob. And finally, give us a quick whiz through the issue and point out any other content highlights in the November issue of TLO. Firstly, we have a randomised trial looking at whether or not whole brain radiotherapy could be omitted from the treatment of primary CNS lymphoma. We have a review and an article on treatment-related peripheral neuropathy in multiple myeloma. An excellent review on new drugs for aggressive B-cell and T-cell lymphoma and a review on the use of glucocorticoids in acute lymphoblastic leukaemia. Thanks very much. That was a swift look through the highlights of the November issue of The Lancet Oncology. Many thanks to Rob Briley 
and to you all for listening. See you next time.